1: If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. Do you remember shouting amen? Well, today on Times of Refreshing, we'll help you in that joy of salvation, giving you the reason to shout once again. Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman is next. Join us. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. We're going to spend some time, at least at the front here, beginning in John chapter 17 and verse 11, taking a look at the joy of our salvation. Do you remember that joy, that first love, the longing you had for Christ? Well, it is our hope and prayer that today's broadcast will stir that up in you once again. Please join us and be encouraged in the joy of your salvation. Here in John chapter 17, now our teacher and pastor with today's broadcast. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
0: If I'm one with Christ, ultimately who he is is as a person should begin to overtake me in every area and aspect of my life. Christ wants to have residence within me, and then he wants to function. In and through me. And there's a unity that is established. And it's not a unity that's going to be established. It's a unity that is established. Christ lives in me. Christ abides in me. And now that he's in me, he's beginning to teach me how to think the way he thinks, desire the way he desires, and to move in the direction that he's looking for for all of us to move. But what happens to us, saints, we get into our relationship with God, and then we start thinking that Christ is in my life just to promote my agenda. But Christ is in our lives so that his agenda would be established in the earth, not just our agenda and so there's a unity that begins to take place between me and the Lord and us and the Lord. And I like this word, and I think this is an appropriate r- word. There is a rhythm that we begin to get into with the Lord. Have you ever tried to dance with somebody that couldn't dance? Some of y'all looking at y'all spouse like, oh. it, there's. It, ah, quit. Uh, see, what happens is, but this is how, what happens with us in the Lord. There's a rhythm that you get into. Why? Because we're one with Christ. And I'm yielding to him. I'm yielding to him. And what happens is now there's there's a beautiful rhythm that we experience. But sometimes in our relationship, we lose that and it creates frustration. And when the frustration sets in, then we start to lose our joy. My walk with God isn't fun because I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall. Well, some of that is because... You're not being unified with Christ. And being unified with Christ means you have to yield to Christ. Because he's God and you're not. Amen? And so we got to learn to yield. Somebody say yield. This is how we get into this flow with God and experience unity. Well, Jesus is talking to them about this. And when that happens, there's a joy that sets in. And it's not just your joy. He said that my joy will be fulfilled in them. And this type of joy that is tied to salvation, and this ultimately what he was bringing them, is what we need to maintain. But without being unified with Christ, we'll never have it. We'll just have frustration. We can go to church all we want. But we'll be frustrated. Why? Because there's no unity. And unity never comes without being yielded to him. Amen? Number two, go to uh, Psalm 16, verse 8 to 11. So, this joy is maintained in our life, it abides in our life, it comes into our life. Number one, by union with Christ. And then number two, we'll see here in Psalm 16. Let's look at this again. He says in verse 8, He says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. He says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. He says, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in shell or hell or the grave. He says, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. He says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of what? He says, and at your right hand are pleasures, he says, forevermore. And so if I'm going to maintain, get back into, experience the joy of my salvation, I have to get back into the presence of God. I think this is one of the things that happens for a lot of people. We, we, We stop valuing God's presence. We stop valuing cultivating God's presence. Helping to create an atmosphere where God's presence is continually welcome. We stop doing those things that helped us to experience that joy. You know, what happens to us saying, "We just get so busy." People get busy, and they stop realizing that, "Wait a minute, I want God's presence in my life, because in the presence of the Lord, there is a fullness of joy. The joy of my salvation really becomes evident as I learn to live in the presence of God, that I'm always conscious of God's nearness and that I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure that I'm creating an environment in my life where God is welcome. How can I welcome God? This is one of the things as a pastor. I love pastor and I thank God for this. But one of the things that early on when when we first started, I made a commitment that this is not just about how can we draw people. It's about how can we draw God and his presence. What can we do in our church to make God feel welcome? Well, we have to do that on a personal level. We have to ask ourselves, in, in in my life... And in my home, am I creating a, cult, uh, a climate in my home where God is welcome within my home? I mean, we have guests that come over, and man, we clean up the yard. We we tear and stuff up. We, come on, pick up them socks. Get, the, get that stuff. You know they're going to be here. And we get the house looking. We get it smelling good. We got it down. But then we don't, we don't think that way when it comes to God. Like, God, I want you to live at my house. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen, y'all? I want you to live at my house. Okay, so what if, if I got the king coming over to my house? Air day. I want to find out, Lord, how can I create an atmosphere in this house that you're going to be blessed and you're going to like to live here? See, this is the only area when I'm telling you, be selfish. Say, God, I want you at my house. My house. Now, I know you're going to go over their house and you're over there too, but I want you here. When I wake up in the morning, I want to feel God. Can I have an amen? Does there anybody in here that wants God at your house? But this is what happens. We don't, we don't, we don't think that way. We'll, oh, how am I going to get God at my house when I'm watching crazy stuff on TV? How am I going to get God at my house when I'm listening to these rappers talking about how many girls they slept with and who they bumping and grinding and this and that? How, how am I going to get God to come into my house when, when, I, when I get in my car and in, and in the first thing I do when I get in my car, I'm not getting in my car and putting on worship music. I'm getting in my car and lighting up a cigarette. How? But this is what saints. This is what happen. This is why people don't have any joy in their relationship with God, because God is standing way over there and saying, "Wow, you, you think I, I, I'm not going? I'm holy." I love you. I want you. I know, but we and we and we we're good. But I love you. But listen, you go in place. I can't go there. Can I have an amen? And I just think that sometimes we have to stop and realize that it's in the presence of the Lord that we're going to find this joy. And we have to cultivate that in our personal lives and saying, God, when you come in, I want you to be in every area of my life. I want to experience the power of God every day, every month. I want my kids, when they go to school, that the power of God is on them and the presence of God. It doesn't just happen. And people are frustrated in the relationship with God because they're not allowing themselves to enjoy the presence of God and, and do what it takes to cultivate an atmosphere and to find out from God's word what he likes. What is God like? I'm going to do that so I can have his presence at all times and he's blessed with me. Can I have an amen? Go to John chapter 15. Look at this. This is also a good one. That will help us. I want to live in God's presence and enjoy his presence because there's joy there. And Jesus says it again here in John chapter 15, verse 9 on down to 11. And this is number three. He says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. He says, abide in my love. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be what? Full. Number three is keeping God's commands. Or just write down the word obedience. You know, obedience has gotten a bad rap. We have people that have perverted the message of grace and have tried to convince people that you can get saved. And then once you say a prayer, you can go off and now just go off and live like the devil. And not realizing that if you really love God, Jesus just said, if you love me, keep my commandments, that there's an obedience that's tied to our love, that I love you enough that I'm going to give my life completely over to you and and yield to, to, to your will in my life because I'm grateful, God. And what happens for a lot of people, there's almost a confusion because there's so much hypocrisy and so much perversion of the message of grace Grace is an empowering influence in your life. It's an unmerited benefit that comes as a result of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. But the benefit is, is that God now, he empowers you to do what you could not do in your own strength. And he gives you this power freely and liberally. But what happens is, we take grace as a means for license. Instead of realizing that grace is an empowering influence in my life. And now when I could not obey God because I was ensnared to my sin and to the world and to the devil. Jesus, because he was gracious, he liberated me. And now he's given me power over the sin and the world and the devil. So I can do those things through Christ who strengthens me. And so obedience is a beautiful thing. Obedience is a wonderful thing. And Jesus is saying here, and he says it clearly. He says that my joy may remain. We want God's joy, or the joy of the Lord, the joy of salvation to remain in our lives. But it takes us being willing to be obedient, to to find out here, what does God say, and then uh, by by his power, he's going to empower me to do it. I'm not going to do it in my own strength because I can't do it in my own strength, but I'm going to do it in the strength that he gives me because he's God. It always amazes me, saints. i got to stop here. It always amazes me that God says, I want you to satisfy me. And then he turns around and says... But you can't satisfy me. And then he turns around and says, and because you can't satisfy me, I'm going to empower you now to satisfy me. And so when you satisfy me, it's not because of you and your ability. You're going to satisfy me because of the ability that I'm giving you to satisfy me so that God gets all the glory in the name of Jesus. Can we have an amen up in this place? So God's not asking us to do things in our own power and by, and by what people would call works. What he's saying is, is I'm gonna, you're going to work, but you're going to work through the power that I'm giving you. So that you don't get the glory I do. So I'm going to satisfy me through you. And obedience, And only thing he wants us to do is say, yes, I'll do it. I give my will to you, God. And then he takes us and he uses us for his glory. And I think we have to stop sometimes, saints, and just really ask ourselves, man, am I obedient to God? Maybe this is one of the reasons why I don't have joy. I come to church, but I don't have any joy. Why why is it? Maybe because I'm just not obedient to God. God's just telling me to do simple things. Simple things like husbands, love your wives. A simple thing, like flee fornication. I mean, you're not going to die. Listen, God's not against sex. He's not. He just said, I like, God said, he created it. He said, it's good. He said, but these are the boundaries. Stay within these boundaries. Go for it. Can I have an amen? Go for it. The angels there, everybody there, they don't care. They, God made it. Just stay here. But because of the rebellion in us, we always want to do something over here. And then the angels had to blow the whistle. Am I going too far, y'all? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The angel, I mean, he just said, do it. But, but the thing I'm saying is, it's just a matter of obedience. And then we don't have any joy as a result of that. No joy. No joy. Last thing, and let's close with this. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, verse 7 through 11. I think this is, this is critical here because sometimes when we're walking with God, sometimes we're in test mode. Well, God will test you. God tested Abraham. God tested Job. Job. God tested the children of Israel for 40 years. You're in testimony. It's not that. And, and listen, Abraham didn't do anything wrong. Moses, we, we see when you, when you look at tests in people's lives, the Bible says that Job didn't do anything wrong. He just went for a period of time. He went through a season where he was just tested. And I think sometimes we, we fail to realize that there's going to be moments where we get tested and you don't understand. But what you have to know is that no matter what happens, God is still good. And though he slay me, yet will I would trust him. Yet will I trust him because he's God. And then there's moments where we're being chastened by the Lord. And so there's times when we're tested. There's times when God is disciplining us. But even in God's discipline, he's still good. But whether it's testing or, or chastening and, and, and highs and lows and ups and downs and stuff happens, I can't explain everything. And I know this Bible, but I, can't, I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is that God is always good and he is worthy to be trusted. You have to believe him. And look what he says here. He says, therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now, I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision, the Jews, for the truth of of God, to confirm the promises made to the father and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. Now look at verse 13. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and peace. In what? Believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He says that you may, he says that he would fill you with all joy and peace. This is what we want. The joy of our salvation, we want to overflow with this joy and peace, but it doesn't come unless we believe. Believing. Believing. Believing the highs and the lows, testing, chastening, stuff happening. I don't know. I can't explain it. Life is going on. I don't know why this happened. I wish it wouldn't have happened. But at the heart of it all, I still believe you, God. I still trust in you, God. I still know that you're God. I still know you got a plan. I don't understand it all, but I don't need to understand it all. And I just need everybody to be quiet right now and let me process this with God. So Job is sitting there and at some point he just sits back and listens to all these people who have their opinions. And he doesn't know all the answers, but he's just sitting there. And when the time came, because he responded right in the midst of it. He didn't curse God like his wife told him to. He didn't question God like his friends told him to. He just sat there believing and knowing that God is good and though he slay me, I will trust him. Can I have an amen, y'all? And sometimes you gotta do this. You gotta tell people in your life just be quiet. And let me process this. And in the midst of my processing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure one thing happens. And that is, I'm going to believe God. And God begins to fill you with his joy as you believe. And then he said not only joy, but peace. As you believe. And saints, we have to stop and ask ourselves, am I a believer? Am I a believer? In my high times? When God blesses me abundantly, am I a believer? Or do I start thinking it was me that made this happen? In my low time, when my back is against the wall, am I a believer? Because in the midst of the highs and lows, there's a place that we have to constantly maintain. And that is, I believe God. And when we believe God, he fills us with all joy and peace. As we believe, he says in believing, as you're believing, this is when this comes. This is when this comes. You got fired, but do you believe God to give you another job? When that happens, it's so the devil. Let me say this to you in closing. The devil doesn't know what to do with you when he can't make you afraid and get you to turn on God. Because he he, it, it, it bothers him. This is what happened with Job. It bothers him that man, these guys are really they really love God. And I think we have to stop and put our roots down and say, God, I want this joy of my salvation, but I've also got to make a stand when it comes to my belief system that I believe God. I don't understand everything about God, but I believe Him. And you know what, quite, quite frankly? You know, he's on, a, he, he's on a different pay scale. I don't need even being bothered with all that. I, I don't even want to try to figure all that out. Lord, are you there? Yes? All right. Let's roll. And when this happens, that's when you start getting filled with joy. Today, saints, I want to encourage you on this Resurrection Sunday. I know you're going to go off and have a wonderful day and, and, and go and have barbecue and hang out and all those great things. But, saints, are you doing it with a genuine joy concerning your salvation? You have to answer: Some people may not even be saved in this room. So what I'm talking to you about is foreign. But I'm going to say it to you today. You can have this joy unspeakable and full of glory in your life. He doesn't promise us that everything's going to be perfect. But he said, my joy, I want it fulfilled in them. The joy of knowing that if God has saved me, then God will take me all the way to the finish line.
1: you're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred or write to us times of refreshing twenty three thirty three neeson drive livermore california the zip code is nine four five five one While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net, or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message, at ten thirty in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord, just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.